I'm joined today by Barry Pelletieri. He's the CIO of the New Jersey Turnpike Authority. Barry, welcome. Thank you, Bernie. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I look forward to this conversation. So why don't we start off maybe just with a quick overview of what the New Jersey Turnpike Authority is all about. Well, the New Jersey Turnpike Authority runs two major roadways uh, throughout the Garden State, and and you're very familiar with those, uh, the New Jersey Turnpike as well as the Garden State Parkway. Our role within the state is to ensure safe, efficient transportation, both private passenger and commercial, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year on both roadways. These are obviously toll roadways. Our patrons pay for this service uh, and expect that these roads will be well-maintained, safe, and that they will have a driving experience that hopefully they're going to want to repeat multiple times. Needless to say, operating two major roadways like this, there's a lot of technology that goes into that. Some of it is obvious to the motorists, whether it's the signs that they see over the highways that tell them travel times and give them warnings about crashes and other problems that they may encounter. But there's a lot also behind the scenes. Tell me a little bit about some of the ITS elements that the Turnpike Authority is involved with. Well, Bernie, I'm, I'm glad you asked that one because uh, we, we break this down into three categories when we think of ITS. There's a lot of things that we're doing today, uh, and I'll talk about those. There are a group of things that we are planning in the near term, and then there's another group, I don't want to say maybe more exciting or not, but that we're thinking about. And you have to put all three together as you invest or spend capital so as not to create a situation where you have um, things that you have to constantly dismantle. And so I'll go back and I'll try to hit answer the question, but I will tell you that the preface here is that you have to build the future while embracing the past. And I'll explain that as we go along. Uh, initially, in terms of what the Turnpike Authority uh, has today, and I'm glad you mentioned the signs because we're hoping people see them, those are color uh, variable message signs. They offer us a lot of flexibility in terms of messaging to our motorists for uh, general purposes, safety purposes, time of year, uh, weather conditions, all of that. And there is a specific use of a color scheme to get our motorists used to what certain classes of messages mean. Those signs have been strategically placed across both roadways. The roadways, as you know, are actively managed by a group of Turnpike employees from the statewide traffic management center here in Woodbridge. And every sign represents what we call an ITS data point. And what that means is the motorist sees the sign. They may or may not notice that there are cameras associated with that sign. And they most likely do not notice, uh, unless they've spoken to someone here at the authority about it, that there are sensors below the roadway at those locations. So we have the ability to push information out to our motorists. We have the ability to view the roadway from all different angles at these particular points, as well as other points where there are cameras. And we have the ability to measure traffic flow by lane at all of these points as well. Tell me a little bit about that traffic management center that is monitoring these roadways and putting out that information. Well, I think the key is that the roadways are actively managed. And 
it means a lot to the motorist. Most, I'm not sure, really understand what goes on every day. But 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, we have the ability, there are eyes and ears on the roadway. The eyes all the way through the cameras and everything else. The ears come from the ability of both state police as well as our motorists to reach us at any point in time during the day for the purpose of reporting an incident, for the purpose of getting help if they happen to break down, uh, where we can distribute the appropriate help to them in a timely manner to move their vehicle as well as their families off the roadway. All of that comes together into what we would call a value proposition or a service that you get associated with the toll that you pay for the roadway. Not only is the Turnpike and the Parkway represented in that traffic management center, but New Jersey State DOT is also part of that. So there is coordination that's happening with that agency as well, isn't there? Absolutely, Bernie. And I'm glad you said that because the word statewide is there for a reason. And probably the the best way to start that answer or explain a little more is that the motorist in New Jersey is not limited by mode of transportation, right? Whether it happens to be a a, a private car service, a, a bike path, rail service, auto service, airports, all kinds of things. And you'll notice that when you look at our signage as well as DOT signage, the travel times that are posted as an information service for our motorists never are limited by the geography of one agency. They're all based on destinations where people need to travel to. So when our motorists look to these signs, they'll see where they are and they'll see a common destination. And these are the agencies working together to share information to produce a service for the motorist. Same things happens in the statewide traffic management center where New Jersey State Police, there's a place for New Jersey Transit, DOT is there, right, the Turnpike is there. We all coordinate and run our own services. But the beauty of the model is such that when coordination is required, and oftentimes that's when bad things happen, I'm sorry to say, but the ability to be face-to-face hand-to-hand, and explain and exchange information, ideas, and all of that, whether it's a horrible weather event, uh, whether it is a major accident, whether it is a planned event with a large grouping of people at a stadium or a different place. We are able to coordinate seamlessly across agencies to ensure that the expectation of the traveling public is met. And what is that? That's all about safety, and service. We are talking about technology, but you've touched on the importance of that face-to-face relationship building that takes place. Again, one of the things that people may not realize is why those relationships are so important. Tell me why you think those relationships between agencies, between individuals who are representing those agencies, is important when it comes to traffic management. Let's start with the term traffic management, right, and, and or just transportation management as a whole. Every day in the state, citizens wake up and move in a random set of directions using multimodal transportation, not to count all of the out-of-state traffic that comes in that fuels the economy in the tri-state region. This is all about a team effort. Yes, the assets are owned and managed by different organizations, but the one thing that we don't do is we're not a set 
of private sector companies competing in an industry. We're a set of public entities trying to provide in the eye of the citizen or the transportation consumer the best possible service in one of the most congested and difficult areas in the country. That's a huge challenge. Very difficult to stand alone and say, I did well, but everybody else didn't. If we took that approach, we fail. Just coordinating within the state of New Jersey is a challenge, but New Jersey has been called a bit of a funnel state with Philadelphia at one end, New York at the other. How does the coordination take place with agencies beyond New Jersey's borders? We are very fortunate here, and, and, and I want to underscore that uh, statement in terms of having an entity that helps bind us all together. Much like a large multinational corporation with many business units might have, and the term that's often used is shared services that help coordinate and move information across those business units. So every unit doesn't have to build its own and try to try to figure out how to coordinate with everybody else. Again, go back to that requirement to provide that service, whether it's in New Jersey or in New York or Pennsylvania or Delaware or the any of the bordering states. We all have the same responsibility. And Transcom, that particular entity where the New Jersey Turnpike, along with many of our sister agencies, are members, uh, provides an invaluable service where we share information with Transcom. Transcom, I guess the best way I could put it, is an aggregator. They bring together the information from whether that's a phone call, whether that's data that's passed, it doesn't matter, and we'll digest that information and move it back out to the member agencies, either in electronic form or in some cases in the form of direct contact via phone calls and other things. So when we mobilize, we mobilize as a region. And that means everything. On good days, bad days, in between days, we mobilize as a region constantly. And that's the only way that we have a chance to continue to raise the bar in terms of meeting the expectation of the transportation public. Another very visible example of technology that's on the Garden State Parkway and the New Jersey Turnpike is EasyPass. Probably most people think of it simply as a way to electronically pay their tolls, but there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? There absolutely is, and I, I, and I think you're right that depending on who you are, you may think of it as, well, it's a, it, it's a toll, <laughs> and a toll is tough. But it is much more than that. It allows for a uniform, controlled flow of traffic on roadways that are maintained for that purpose. They were designed for that purpose, especially where commercial traffic, heavy truck commercial traffic on a daily basis on the turnpike itself is channeled away from local towns and other areas and, and funneled efficiently to destinations either in other states or local destinations in big box distribution centers, ports and other things. The toll portion of it, yes, there is a payment there, but the payment maintains the capacity of the roadway, the safety of the roadway, as well as the ability to actively manage the roadway because part of safety is to ensure that when difficult or bad things happen, that they can be handled in the most efficient, proper way to protect people and equipment. We've been talking about the technology that's already in place for the New Jersey Turnpike Authority, but 
Obviously, technology is an ever-changing animal. There are lots of things that are planned. What are some of the things that you're seeing as you look ahead? This is the most exciting part. If any of your listeners were in attendance at the IBTTA conference out in Denver, Colorado back in September, I think the first time for me where the entire conference was underscored by a theme of technology. So technology is the new concrete and steel and asphalt. It's finally coming into its own. It doesn't supplant those things, but it rises to a level where the capital investment associated with technology, there's a real return expected on on the spending. So that said, what is the Turnpike Authority looking at? We look at a couple things and we divide it um, into what I would call three areas, front office, middle office, back office. Front office is just like any other business that a retail center, a mall, or whatever else. We provide service, and in our particular case, the front office is on the roadway. So you've heard us already talk about our electronic signage. There is ongoing expansion of those signs, replacing lots of legacy signs that mostly are on the northern portion of the turnpike uh, to help route traffic if possible. Uh, Motorists will be familiar with the new signs by traveling the widening on the turnpike. They see a lot of that in place, much more of that, that coming. New and improved camera capability to help us see and view uh, more areas. Weather information stations, newer ones that will help us monitor the temperature of the roadway as well as the surrounding air, presence of fog, things like that, to allow us to dispatch and respond, in particular in winter months. We have a lot of roadway to cover. The state of New Jersey has multiple weather zones within it, and things happen differently between north, central, and south. So the weather information is part of it. Uh, Another big one for us is our rolling stock or our fleet Uh, for maintenance, whether that happens to be trucks, cars, mowers, it doesn't matter. All of those units are being outfitted with automated vehicle location capability. Uh, It's not necessarily brand new, but we've installed a new radio system, and with it, we will have capability to platoon, locate, and relocate as needed all of our rolling stock, whether we're cutting grass or whether we're plowing snow or providing emergency response. You might hear a theme in a lot of what we're talking about that, and here's the interesting part. Anyone can buy a lot of the things that I talked about. If you have a checkbook or a budget, you can buy the software, you can buy the hardware, you can buy the sensors. There, there isn't a lot that is differentiating in the ability to just go purchase them. But every one of these things produces data. And I would say the single largest challenge for the Turnpike Authority, I would say for government agencies as a whole, is that data is now reaching a point where it is, it's almost free. The sensors are so cheap, the networks are in place, everything is there. The amount of data that we have the ability to collect every single day without a person involved is beyond belief, you know, 10 years ago. The challenge now is there is a new asset 
that we are struggling to try to figure out how to develop. And it's very simply put, it's like going back to school. You need math, and you have to be able to build algorithms. And the algorithm is the new technology asset that we have to focus on. Barry, you're talking about all this data, tons of data that you're collecting. What do you do with all this data that you have? Well, Bernie, I'll tell you that if you just collect it and store it, not a whole lot. I mean, data in a lot of ways could and should be viewed as an asset on the balance sheet of a company if, if it's properly being utilized. So we have data from a lot of different sources. There's part of it that will be used much more actively for traffic management in terms of the ability to spot congestion and allow us to focus on specific areas of the roadway. There's other information, as I mentioned, that's coming from weather and all of that. But at the end of the day, where we head is we're creating a model that we call both push and pull. And we're taking the data. The formal model was all about pull. And by that, I mean reporting. And someone has to look at the various reports or information that's produced every day. You can imagine as more and more data enters the system, you would need more and more people in a much larger organization. We're adding the intelligence into the data and creating what we call a much more of a, of a push model. There are many businesses in different industries around the world that are already doing it, as well as for consumers, where exceptions or unique bundles of information are produced at certain times and pushed out to individuals, right? Across the Turnpike Authority, the more that we can identify where those important things are and push them to somebody, only when the rules that we create are engaged, the more active, focused, targeted our employees are on providing service and not have to wade through reams and reams and reams of information. It's like walking into the library, right, without a system to look up, let's call it a general system to find your book. So all you get to do is go to the second floor. And now you have to spend a, a day and a half in the second floor trying to find things versus, gee, I put in something and the drill down was very specific and it got me to a location that I needed. I may still have to make a decision or perform an action. We have professionals that do that. But my time was best utilized. And as more and more data come in, we're hoping to take the turnpike operating model and make it more exception-based. It's the only way we're going to really be able to consume that data. And if we can do the same thing with our patrons and our motorists, we're able to put more specific targeted information in front of them, whether it's on the website, whether it's a mobile website, whether it's a sign. Much of these data are being gathered now by sensors that are in the roadway, cameras that are above the roadway, vehicles that are traveling along the roadway. But cameras can't be everywhere. There are other things that the Turnpike Authority is also looking at that will give you eyes beyond where those cameras are already in place, isn't there? There are, Bernie, and I'll tell you, it's, you know, there's only so many places that you can put fixed infrastructure. You just run out of play. And again, we still have lots of room for cameras and signs and other things. But events occur in places that are as random as random gets. And 
you don't always have the right people and equipment in the place that you need it. So some of the things we've been thinking about, and we're clearly not alone or we're, we're not first or I don't believe we're last, we're probably somewhere in the middle of the pack, in terms of where we can take the sensor technology and make it mobile. And we've talked to a lot of our sister agencies in the region and even broader in the country about this. The concept of drones are not new to anyone. Uh, they're used in many, many industries right now. There are regulations, FAA regulations, that we would clearly have to follow. And also the concept of mobility in cameras like news organizations and others are not new. So we're in a discussion stage at this point where we've been looking to outfit some of our vehicles with mobile cameras. And we're also looking at what restrictions, opportunities we would have in terms of using tethered drones. We don't have any ideas that we would be flying things all around in and around airports and congested areas here in northern Jersey or even in central or southern Jersey. But we are looking at the fact that if we were able to lift a drone on demand at whatever location was required, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes in very difficult accident situations, hazmat situation, fires occur along the roadway, and give our management personnel and our safety personnel and other safety personnel all of the information that they need while en route and as well as once on site. That would be a major advantage to us. It also prevents us from trying to overpopulate the roadway with more cameras, more devices, more things, because we have this mobility capability. So the technology is already proven, the camera capability is there, but we're interested in the tethered concept where we're not flying, we're positioning. Well, I've been speaking with Barry Pelletieri. He's the Chief Information Officer for the New Jersey Turnpike Authority. We've been talking about technology and ITS in particular at the New Jersey Turnpike Authority. Barry, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Bernie. It was a pleasure. Thank you.